Well, I want to talk to you tonight. I just was thinking this afternoon, actually, of, about the youth and what God's done in their life and what God's doing in everybody's life that will yield to Him. Hallelujah. And so tonight, I'm going to talk to you about the anointing. Amen. Are you thankful for the anointing? Amen. I'm grateful for the Word of God. I'm grateful for the Spirit of God. And I am thankful for the anointing of God. So we're going to get right into the word. Let's turn over to Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27. Hallelujah. Bear with me, I'm telling you, I have a new Bible. I'm not sure if I like it or not yet. I haven't decided. I love the word, but it is so hard to get used to a new Bible. The verses aren't on the same page. And I'm like, oh, anyway. Hallelujah. But the word is still the same. So tonight I'm going to be reading out of the New King James and then also out of the Amplified. But this is Isaiah 10:27 in the New King James. It says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed Because of the anointing. I have a question for you. Where do burdens come from? Where do yokes come from? Where does bondage come from? Well, the answer certainly is not from God. He is not the author of yokes. He's not the author of burdens. He doesn't uh, put heavy things upon us. He doesn't beat a person down. That is not the heart of our Father. Now, I want to look at this verse here in, uh, that we just read in the Amplified. And I think that we'll see here, we're going to look at a little bit of a background about why the prophet made this declaration about the anointing. So let's look here at verse 27 in the Amplified. And it shall be in that day that the burden of the Assyrian shall depart from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck. The yoke shall be destroyed because of fatness, which prevents it from going around your neck. So the background of this is in this day and in this age, the children of Israel were under a yoke of bondage from the Assyrians. Uh, the Assyrians is modern day Syria. And at this time that this verse was written, the prophet Isaiah wrote this passage because it was time for Israel to be delivered. It was time for that yoke to be broken and for that bondage and that slavery almost as it were to be removed from their midst. What had happened here is that Assyria had come in and they had taken over Israel. Now we know that it is never God's will and God's plan for the enemy to come in and take over in our lives. 
It wasn't God's best. It wasn't God's desire that the Assyrians move in and they put the, they put Israel under their thumb. They take control. They start dictating to them. They start taking over their money. They start taking over their crops. I mean, they were, Israel was in subjection to the rule and the dominion of the Assyrians. And that was not God's intention. That was not God's best. But what oftentimes happened with the nation of Israel is they forgot God. They would turn away from serving God and begin to worship dumb idols. And that's what had happened here. They forgot the Lord their God and they started worshiping idols. They started doing crazy things. They stopped looking unto God. And whenever that would happen, what would begin, what would show up is God's protection would be removed. They would just open the door wide to their enemy. You know, not that much has changed because where Israel is, is where Israel has always been. It's a lot smaller now than what God said it would be. And praise God, they're going to get their land back in the name of Jesus. But they've always been surrounded by people that hated them. And any time that they would forget to worship the Lord their God, they would forget to keep Him first place, the enemy was just lurking. He was there waiting for an opportunity to come in and to take over their land and to take over their lives and to rule and to have dominion over them. So this... Is one of those such cases. Wasn't God's will? Wasn't God's plan? Wasn't God's best? But they had opened the door. Now we're not going to camp there tonight. But I'm sure all of us can relate. All of us have seen somebody else do that, right? All of us know of somebody that's gotten off track. We may have heard about somebody that backslid, right? We may have read about somebody that stopped serving the Lord, that quit putting Jesus first place, that started listening to the lies of the devil. When you listen to the lies of the devil, you know what happened? He comes in and he accommodates those lies. That's why the Bible says, neither give place to the devil. Don't give him an inch. Don't give him a place in your thought life. Why is that? Because if we open up the door through listening to his lies, if we open up the door by just not putting God first place, then the enemy will come in. And what does he, what's his motive? He came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So we can't get down on the children of Israel all the time and say, oh man, they were so stupid. Oh, they were so disobedient. Why in the world did they open up their nation to these ungodly people? Why in the world did they start worshiping idols? Well, why in the world do people get off track today? Why? Why in the world do Christians quit putting God first place today? And then all these horrible things start happening to them. And they're saying, oh, why did God allow this? Why is this attack happening? Why is this going on? Certainly the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Of course there's going to be attacks of the enemy. But when we're living right... 
when we're hooked up, when we're pressing in to his presence, when we're acting on the word of God, then when these attacks come, we can boldly rise up and resist the devil. We can rise up in faith. We can rise up in confidence and say, you get out of here in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I'm not giving you any place in my life. I'm not yielding to strife. I'm not yielding to bitterness. I'm not taking your lies. The doors are closed, devil, and you have no right to trespass in my life and in my affairs. When you're living according to the word of God, you can boldly rise up. You can do what Hebrews 14, 16 says. Come boldly to the throne room of grace that you might find help and grace in time of need. But on the other hand, if people are acting like the children of Israel were before this passage was written, if you're bedding down and bellying up and buddying up with the devil, then you can't resist somebody that you're taking taking their side on that you're hooked up with if the devil comes and starts attacking and you're not living right you don't have standing ground thank god that we have standing ground amen hallelujah and if you have missed it boy get today's cd if you've missed it if you've opened the door then close the door and start pleading the blood in the name of jesus i plead the blood of jesus in the name of jesus i plead the blood satan the blood of jesus is against you you have no place you have no right In my life, boldly, we can declare it. Well, in this account, the prophet Isaiah showed up. And it was time for deliverance. The children of Israel were making a turn. And he's bringing them a word of encouragement. Let's look what he said here in verse 24 of this same chapter, Isaiah 10. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the Lord of hosts, O my people who dwell in Zion, do not be afraid of the Assyrian who smites you with a rod and lifts up his staff against you as the king of Egypt did. What's he saying here? You don't have to be afraid of your enemy anymore because you're getting back on my territory. You have repented and I'm going to turn things around for you. Don't yield to the lies of the devil anymore. Don't fear the enemy. Who's greater than the enemy? God is greater than the enemy. And then he goes on and he tells them how he's going to take care of the Assyrians. Woo! He says here, for yet a little while and my indignation against you will be accomplished and my anger shall be directed to the destruction of the Assyrians. And then he starts reminding them of what he has done 
in the past. And guess what? God hasn't lost his recipe for victory. God still knows how to put the devil to flight. He knows how to make you more than a conqueror. So then he reminds him of what he has done. In verse 26, and the Lord of hosts shall stir up and brandish and scourge against them as when he smote Midian at the rock of Orb. This is one of the armies that they had conquered. And then he goes on. And as when his rod was over the Red Sea, so he lifted it up as he did in flight from Egypt. So then he begins to remind them, remember when you were running from Egypt. Remember when God delivered you from Egypt and the devil showed up and tried to take your victory. See, the devil doesn't like it when the children of God begin to make progress. He doesn't like it when he sees people get getting a hold of the word. When he sees people that are saying, I'm getting out of this bondage. I'm leaving the land of bondage and I'm going into my promised land. That's what happened when the children of Israel left Egypt. They were leaving bondage and they were marching right on into their promised land. And then of course, Pharaoh and his army showed up and he's telling them here, do you remember what happened when the enemy pursued you? Do you remember what What happened when he came after you and what was he doing? He was trying to put that yoke of bondage back on them. He was trying to come, Pharaoh and his army, and take them back into slavery. To get them yoked up again to what their past life. To get them yoked up again with that mentality that you are a slave. But he's reminding them here, what did I do when Pharaoh came and he tried to steal their victory. What did I do when Pharaoh and his army showed up and he was trying to put you back into slavery? He said, they were behind you. The Red Sea was before you. What did I do? I split the Red Sea. I showed you my delivering power. I showed you that I am the Lord God. I am the most high God. I was reading a little commentary today about this passage. And it said the Assyrians, they had all of these false gods. And they were actually kind of chiding the children of Israel. And they were saying, oh, you served the living God. Well, he, look what, he's not doing anything for you. We're in charge of you. We're ruling over you. Our gods, all of our false gods are mightier than your God. But this day, hallelujah, God was showing up on the scene. And he was reminding them through the prophet of old. He was giving them an encouraging word. Look what the Lord hath done. Remember how he brought you into this land. Look what the Lord hath done. He split the Red Sea and you crossed over and he drowned Pharaoh's army. He was building their faith. He was encouraging them that this yoke that the Assyrians had on them was nothing compared to the power of the Most High God. Hallelujah. And that God was going to show himself 
yourself strong in their behalf. And all of that chiding and all of that ridicule kill from the Assyrians saying, oh, all of our gods are mightier than your God. He was going to silence the enemy that day. Hallelujah. And if you read this account all the way through, that's exactly what happened. Glory to God. God took the Assyrians out and he caused Israel to triumph and to triumph mightily. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, he said, I even like how he said that here. He pointed out there in verse 27, this little Assyrian bondage is nothing for me. I don't know what kind of bondage that the enemy may be trying to slap on your life. But I'm here tonight to tell you that the anointing destroys the yoke. When you get born again, when you were born again, you came into a new kingdom. And you were set free. And the devil doesn't like it when people are set free. Free. So he comes immediately when you get born again. Immediately when you get set free from something that used to hound you in your past. He comes immediately and he tries to put that yoke of bondage back on you. But folks, we can stand in our liberty. We can fight for our freedom in the name of Jesus. And according to the word of God, we don't have to be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. As a matter of fact, I love this passage over in Galatians chapter five, verse one. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for the word. Again, in the new King James version, Galatians five, one, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. With a yoke of bondage. What are we talking about tonight? We're talking about the anointing that destroys yokes and removes burdens. This passage of scripture tells us, even though you're born again, even though you've received that freedom and that victory, that that entanglement will try to show back up in your life. And that's why we have to stand fast in this liberty. In the Amplified there, it says, Christ has made us free. He has completely liberated us. So stand fast then and do not be hampered and held ensnared. And then I like this. And submit again. And submit again to a yoke of slavery. Nobody can make you submit. It's a choice. It's a decision of your will. And you can rise up and say, I'm not submitting to that. No, you don't, devil. I'm not taking that back. I'm not going to be bound by worry anymore. I'm not going to be bound by fear anymore. No, 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 no. I'm not letting that thing of my past get back in my life. I'm not going to be bound by you're a nobody, by low self-worth and all of that garbage. No, you're not entangling me Again, with that, I am staying free. Amen. How 
do we stay free? Well, according to John 8, 31, 32, very familiar passage of scripture, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. We want to look at a couple of things tonight that help us stand fast in our liberty. This first one is stay in the word. Continue in the word. Now, I saw something today and, you know, I don't know if it's the exact right context, but it preaches and it's not error and doctrine. So, hey, go back over to Isaiah chapter 10, 27 in the Amplified. Continue in the word. Hallelujah. I got blessed today when I saw this. And it shall be in that day that the burden of the Assyrian shall depart from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck. The yoke shall be destroyed. Now look at this. Because of fatness, which prevents it from going around your neck. And what I was seeing today is that when we feast on the word of God, When we meditate on what has brought us freedom. If you've dealt with fear in the past and you start just feasting on the word. God's not given me a spirit of fear but a power and of love and of a sound mind. If you deal with worry and you start feasting upon the word. I cast all my care over upon the Lord. Hallelujah. If you've been dealing with some kind of sickness and he tries to bring that symptom back on your body. And you just take the word and you devour the word with his stripes. I am healed. He bore my sin. He took my sickness. I am the healed in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that the enemy tried to yoke you up with from your past and entangle you and ensnare you again with that. If you take the word that's says the exact opposite and you meditate on that word and you eat that word. If he's trying to say you're going to be poor the rest of your life, you're going to lose this, you're going to lose that and you take the word and say oh no I'm not. I'm going to get fat on the promises of God that says he meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Jesus, I'm just going to get chunked up here. I'm going to become a chunky in the realm of the spirit. Concerning, he said that he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. I'm going to get so fat and so full of the word of God that when the enemy comes and he tries to put that yoke of bondage back on me, my neck is so buff. Woo! I'm so fat and sassy on the word of the living God that that yoke won't fit. Hallelujah! Woo! It won't fit because I am buff. I'm built up in the realm of the spirit by praying in the Holy Ghost. And I'm fat and I'm sassy 
spiritually by feasting on the word of God. Hallelujah. In the realm of the spirit, my neck is a plus, 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 plus size. And the devil's yoke of bondage won't fit. Keep eating the word of God. Keep gaining weight. Keep getting strong in the realm of the spirit. Hallelujah. Now I said that might not be, you know, the exact interpretation, but hey, it preaches. Woo! Glory to God. He said here, the yoke won't be able to get on your neck because of the fatness. What are you fat from? Are you fat from ice cream and cookies and candy? (laughs) Well, I'm not going there. I'm not calling you fat. I'm not talking about physical. I'm talking about in the realm of the spirit. There are too many skinny punks in the realm of the spirit. (laughs) Too many little skeletons walking around. Just emaciated, just barely able to walk because they haven't had a good hearty meal on the word of God in weeks. I'm telling you, folks, our father said, I have prepared a table before you, even in the presence of your enemies. The devil is the enemy. The devil is the one that's coming with this yoke. He's coming with this bondage. Oh, man, I just, I get so upset sometimes. All the bondages that people have, all the issues, all the sins, and all this stuff that Christians are dealing with. And my heart goes out to people. But, folks, the answer is in the Word. The freedom is in the Word. What are you eating? What's making you fat in the realm of the Spirit? Or what's keeping you skinny? You ought to be fat on the Word. I said on the Word. And don't take some weird doctrine and saying, well, you know what's on the inside is going to show up on the outside. (laughs) I just ate so much Word that I gained a 100 pounds. No, it's not. A natural, physical thing. Yes, muscle. (laughs) Get some muscle spiritually. That's good, PK. Get some muscles in the realm of the spirit. When you eat, oh, that's good. When you eat the right kind of stuff in the natural, you don't get fat and flabby. You get muscles. When you eat the right kind of stuff spiritually, woo! You're going to get buff. You're going to get muscles. Hallelujah. Woo. (laughs) I don't know if that blesses you or not, but I tell you, I got blessed. Reading that today. I got to read it again. Just look at this. The yoke shall be destroyed. What does it say? This is amplified. Because of fatness. And what does that fatness do? It prevents him. Woo! It prevents it from going around your neck. Don't have a little skinny chicken neck in the realm of the spirit. Woo! Get such a buff neck that the lies of the devil 
not you anymore. It won't fit because it doesn't belong to you. You're not what you used to be. You're a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. I don't care if you were a big fat liar before you became a Christian. You're redeemed now. (laughs) And the devil comes and says, you're going to always be a liar. Say, no, I'm not. That's so funny. No, I'm not. Doesn't fit me. That's not who I am anymore. Amen. (laughs) Woo. Glory be to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Woo. So getting full. Of the word of God is something you have to do. That's right. Feasting yeah. on the word is something you individually have to decide to do. But there's something else in here. There's something corporately that we can do that helps to keep that bondage and That's that right. yoke right. of the enemy from trying to come against us. We're there still in Isaiah 10, 27. I want to read again out of the New King James. I think we'll move off of the fat thing right now. But in the New King James, listen what it says. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of what? The anointing oil. What is the anointing? The anointing is a divine enabler. The anointing, guess what else the anointing is? The anointing is a performance enhancer. Now, we're not going to go there with that fat stuff and all that again, but we know that there are people that have used performance enhancing drugs illegally to buff up. But listen... We have a performance enhancer that's not illegal. Woo! It's legal. Glory be to God. And it's the Word. It's praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's the anointing. The anointing is an enabler. The anointing is a performance enhancer. What does that mean? The anointing, when you seek God, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, the anointing will show up on the scene and will annihilate that yoke that the devil's trying to bring in your life. That anointing will show up on the scene and will come up on you and help you to do things that you cannot do in the natural. It's like super coming upon your natural. It's the anointing comes upon people and turns them in to different people. We see it in the Old Testament. Remember with Samson, the anointing would come upon him. He'd slay hundreds of Philistines. He did all of these miraculous things when the anointing came upon him. Folks, we're under a better covenant than they had in the Old Testament. We're under the New Testament, a better covenant established upon better uh, promises. We don't have the anointing out here somewhere. The anointing is in us. The anointing abides within us. And when we pray in the Holy Ghost, it stirs him up. Hallelujah. And he comes and he rises on the inside of us. And he does come and he anoints us to do things that we otherwise could not do in our own ability and in our own strength. 
the anointing oil destroys the yoke. We need the anointing. Oh, we need the anointing. If you're in here tonight, you've been dealing with some things. And you're just kind of weary in well-doing. Folks, the anointing will refresh you. The anointing will empower you. The anointing will come on the scene and break any bondage of sickness and disease. Any yoke of weariness. God's promised us. We're going to look at one more scripture. I submit to you tonight. Some of you in here desperately need the anointing. You need the word you need the anointing. You feed yourself on the word of God. But when we come together, we're praying in this church. We're believing in this church for a tangible anointing to just infiltrate this atmosphere so that people that walk in here that are bound by sin, people that walk in here that are bound by the yokes of the enemy, people that are believers that walk in here, but they're just oppressed and they're downtrodden, that that anointing that charges this very atmosphere, they might not even know what's going on, but they walk in and they walk out and they're like, whoo, something is lifted off of me. Hallelujah. What happened in there? Burden removing, yoke destroying, anointing is present in this place. It's in you and it's on you and you can have it in your home. But when we come together in a corporate setting, it's magnified. Hallelujah. Now let's look at one last scripture over in Psalms 92 verse 10. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. In the New King James, uh, uh, Psalms 92.10. But my horn, you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. Fresh oil. That's what's so awesome about the anointing. It's fresh and it's new every single day. Every single day. It's not like there's not an answer for your situation. Whatever you need tonight, whatever you need tomorrow, there's the anointing. There's the ability. There's the equipping for it. And you know, if you want your car to run at its optimum, if you have some equipment and you want it to perform at its best, guess what? You're going to have to change the oil. From time to time. Why? Because that oil gets all clunked up and it gets dirty and all this stuff. And you need an oil change. Folks, we need an oil change. From time to time in the realm of the spirit. If you feel like you're not running on all cylinders. If you feel like that you're just a little bit weary spiritually. You need to get in the presence of God and say, I'm going to get an oil change. Hallelujah. Yeah, your little light might be flashing in the realm of the spirit. 
It might be saying overdue, overdue, change the oil, change the oil, change the oil. I got one of those cars that anytime it needs a service, this little light just keeps blinking on the dash. Sometimes I just want to hit it with a hammer, but you know, it's there to tell you something. It's a warning. You're just overdue. You're overdue. Don't ignore me. You're overdue. If you want your car to perform at its very best, don't ignore this flashing light. Go get the service that you need. But too many Christians ignore the warning in the realm of the spirit. There's a light that's flashing. You need the word. You need to feast on the word of God. You need an oil change. You need to get in the anointing. You need an adjustment in that attitude area. But people just keep running and running and running and running and running on fumes and pretty soon soon they have a breakdown no god said i'm going to anoint you with fresh oil and that anointing oil will destroy every yoke and remove burdens hallelujah let's all stand Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, years ago, I was preaching out of this scripture, and I was reminded that heaven, if heaven were like a supermarket, it would be all fresh produce there's no canned blessings in heaven there's no stale manna up there there's nothing on the shelves that's outdated been canned 20 years ago no fresh manna just like the children of israel they had to go out every day and get fresh manna god wants our lives fresh God wants the anointing in your life to be rich.